Tandem Nomads, episode 298. Really living around the world and not waiting till retirement to enjoy life is really possible. And I have seen hundreds of families doing that. Hello, and welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and resources to grow a successful portable business and a business that is aligned with your needs and your lifestyle. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm excited to talk to you today about all about aligning your life with what you truly want. But first of all, before we kick off this episode, I want to say welcome back to you. If you have been listening to this podcast episode, we've been having a refresh series where we revise some past episodes of Tandem Nomads. And it's interesting, this episode, because we are kicking off a new series of episodes with new guests and new solo episodes as well. But in the past couple of months, we've been revising uh, old episodes of Tandem Nomads that are still very relevant. Well, we looked in the past, some of the great episodes that have been resonating with so many of you have been listening. Now we're going to actually go to looking forward in the present and the future in the next episodes. We are, in fact, in Tandem Nomads, we're going to make some amazing changes. So I want you to stay tuned. And there's no other better topic than today's topic to talk about how things have evolved in the past years, especially that Tandem Nomads has been on for eight almost eight years now, and a lot of things have changed in. And I'm really excited to welcome our guests where we're going to talk about how the things have evolved in the field of being a global nomad, living on the move, and aligning our life and our businesses and our careers. So please welcome our great guest, Mauro Ripacci. Mauro, thank you so much for being here. And are you ready for this ride? Thank you, Amel. Very nice to be here. And a pleasure to talk to your audience and your community today. Very excited. I'm very excited to have you here. So Nomad Nation, a quick note about who is Mauro. Mauro is a seasoned and serial entrepreneur with a proven track record in the travel, relocation, and fintech industries. He began his career at Air Canada, where he played a key role in several major projects, including the 787 acquisition and the launch of a low-cost airline. Most recently, he founded a fintech company, Nest Ready, that's already been acquired by investors. And with three daughters, Mauro developed the idea of bound life, boundless life while seeking solutions for his own family while living on the booth. So very quickly, we'll talk more about boundless life today, but boundless life is a global community and educational platform that provides world homeschooling solutions and accommodation and co-working spaces for families who want to live and learn while traveling the world every couple of months. Did I summarize that well for you, Mauro? Does it really fit to how you would describe it? Yeah, very well. It's, um, it's, it's, it's been a very interesting journey in the last 18 months because what we realized is there's a new generation out there that grew up like with things like Amazon that you get instant gratification or Uber that allows you to get a car anywhere in the world. And they're now having kids and they're not looking to live and raise their kids the same way that our parents or grandparents did. So it's really a transformation in the way family live on the idea of what home is or work is. So I'm very excited to share that with everyone today. Yes. I was just saying before how 
a lot of things have evolved so fast. So, so fast. I don't know if it was fast, but it did evolve in the past eight years. When eight years ago, when I started Tandem Nomads, it was not even possible to think and imagine that families can actually live on the move, have access to everything they need to make sure that the kids go to school, that we can continue our careers and that we can live a meaningful life. Look at today, we went from having digital nomads who are mostly single people to today actually being able to travel as a family. And I think uh, you're one of those people who make it possible, but I'd love to know how you got to do this. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I had two tech companies and we I built them the, the old ways. So the idea of startup before was having this amazing office, very nicely designed with a fridge full of Red Bull, nice coffee, mm-hmm. and have all the team in the same place and create that culture. And that's really how I built two companies from 2007 uh, until like 2021. But then the pandemic came and we all had to work from home. And we realized the productivity levels of our team was not going down and their happiness level was increasing substantially. And at the same time, we were saving a lot of money of not having that physical office, that amazing office. And so we realized like, if I'm building a new company, you would have to be a fully remote, fully distributed team. So today uh, with with Bounded Life, we have uh, people in more than 20 countries and we're just a uh, two years old business. And it's really, there's no difference in productivity. Of course, there's a lot of learning curves and many of our, our team members are, are families that now have the ability to spend vacations anywhere they want. They can spend a couple of months close to their parents that are aging, so the kids can you know have some grandma, grandpa time. Uh, they can live you know in the country where they were born so it's really amazing to see how this is changing people's life and how they're really enjoying that lifestyle now. And that idea of like moving to a big city, working so hard and living in a small apartment, saving all this money. So when you're 65 or 70, then you retire and go enjoy life. People are realizing that it's really uh, broken and they're not going to wait until they're 65, 70 to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there's a, I can see it in my own audience how people are now seeking for meaningful life, building a meaningful life that's not just about like having fun, but also being mindful about how we're spending our time with who we're spending our time. And, and I think that's one of the things as well that your clients are looking for, like that meaningful family time while learning and living on the move. So you talked about your employees kind of that from your tech company that that triggered you wanting to allow that for them to be possible? How about you personally? Tell us more about your personal situation. Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm from Brazil. So I, I grew up there, lived there for the first good 20 years of my life. Then I started to travel the world and came back to Brazil. And I had this feeling that I didn't belong there anymore, which is quite common with expats. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to, to move to Canada. So I became an immigrant in Canada where I lived for the, the last 15 years and has been an amazing experience. And I, I, you know, I'm very thankful for everything I was able to do in Canada. But I got to a point that we, it didn't feel like home. And winters are long. I'm, I'm a warm weather person. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and what happened is 
before we had kids, like we we were able to travel for two or three months during the winter, you know, go back home to Brazil, go somewhere, you know, in Central America, Caribbean, and really taking a break from the winter. And then my oldest daughter entered a school system. And and I realized that we actually lost the freedom. Mm. So because of the way the school system is designed, it's forced all families to be at a, a location for the whole school year, very limited vacations. Everyone takes vacation at the same time. It's the most expensive and busy time. It's a terrible experience for everyone. The t- hotel industry would rather have families coming, you know, every week than all families coming during the holidays. And we realized that if we don't change this education system, then we would be stuck in the same place for 15 years because I have to wait for my youngest daughter that at the time was two years old to be in, a, in, in an age to be independent. So that's the reality of most families where you say, well, you need to have a home base. And when you realize as a family, what is preventing you from traveling, there are two things. There's the education system that I'm, I'm, I just talked about, and the other one is community. Mm-hmm. Like when you travel to a new city or a new country, you don't know uh, local people to help you. If your kids have fever at night, you don't know the phone number of a doctor. You don't have a babysitter so you can go out. So these are the two things that we realized that were major problems with families. And I, I wanted to do this by myself and just, you know, my family take a sabbatical, go travel the world for a year. And I told my friend what I was doing, and my friends were mostly working remotely. They were like, well, if you're traveling around the world, we'll do it together. And then from nothing, we had 50 people interested. Mm. So I said, well, there's something here that is happening that we never imagined. And we thought it would be like a sabbatical, like uh, take a break from your big town and go travel the world for a year, come back home and continue with your life. And then we realized people are not looking to go back home. They're not looking to just have a fixed home base. They're looking to have multiple home bases and have the ability to travel. Mm. And we, if you have a solution like Bounded Life, where we are tackling these two problems, the education system and community, then it becomes very easy for families to do it. And there are many reasons why families are doing it. I can go over uh, more details like why families uh, look to do this, but it's quite interesting how this change is happening and very fast. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So how are you fixing this challenge of education? Because that's one of the big ones. Community, I can imagine how bringing people together to live together and support each other, but the educational part, how do you make sure that these families can give a good sustainable education for their kids while living on the move yeah so before boundless the the solution families use was homeschooling or if you're traveling the world and homeschooling it's called road schooling Mm -hmm. so you will go to a new city and then let's say vienna and i'm going to teach my kids about you know austrian history and we're going to visit all the museum and learn you know learn about their history while you're there maybe go to a science center learn some science was not structured and that's fine for for a large number of families. There are you know, thousands of families doing that today. But the mainstream families feel that there's lacking some accreditation and some mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. So we realize that the majority of families would like to live around the world, but they don't want their education of their kids to be unstructured. 
So we started uh, looking at all the different education systems around the world, from Montessori to Reggio to Waldorf to the Finnish education system, the IB, so all of the different ones. And we realized uh, Finnish education uh, is the one that innovated the most in the last 20 years. So we really got inspired by the Finnish education system. And we partnered with a company from Finland that had open schools around the world using that system. And we, we took that and we redesigned it for the new digital nomad families that want to live around the world. So our system is based on Finnish education, but also has a couple of components that are very important and enable this lifestyle. The first one is project-based learning. So instead of learning subjects like the full year and you're doing every day, you know, division today and tomorrow multiplication and so on and so forth, you have to learn all of the subject within a project. So we use the United Nations Sustainability Goals Okay. And th these these three months, the kids are all kids in all locations are solving the reduced weight goal. Wow! So they're learning. For example, oh, let's let me calculate how much weight my family produce, so they can count, you know, and then how many all families produce. So that's multiplication. So they're learning with real life problems, and using the look. The, the other thing of Finnish education is about nature based learning, or outdoor learning or cultural emerging. So these are the things that we can leverage because you know, you're in Italy is obviously a great place to learn about Italian culture, Renaissance, arts. So we focus on what each place has to offer. And then the last part is personalization, which now with artificial intelligence can be developed even further is every kid is different. Mm -hmm. You put a kid in a normal classroom, let's say a first grade, you're gonna have a seven years old and you're gonna have a six years old and one month in the same class. So how like 11 months difference in a, in a short lifespan that a kid has at that, at that moment is really different. And you cannot expect that a kid that is 11 months younger to learn the same thing, the same pace, the same day. And all of the education system assumes that kids have to follow and tomorrow we're moving to the next subject. If you didn't learn, then your parents have to teach you at home or you're falling behind. Mm. And we actually uh, personalize the education. So that allows each kid to work on their own pace at their own level together. And that's created mobility for families because the project finishes, you know, in three months, they can move to the next location and there's continuity. And currently you're working to get this whole system accredited. So the kids can go to other schools, they can go back home if they want to, they can go to university eventually. So it's really creating this world-class, accredited and flexible education system based on something that is already proven, which is Finnish education. That's fascinating. And uh, the one thing I'm not clear about, is it that like you have all these hubs because we'll, we can talk about it maybe later you have all these hubs and in each hub you have a school or is it that you provide the program to the parents to actually do the homeschooling according to the program of the, of the no no we, we have uh, actual hubs so we mm -hmm. have now uh, four hubs we're opening bali so it'll be our fourth one and a hub for us uh, is a is normally in a smaller city mm -hmm. and we have an education center which mm -hmm. fits uh, 60 kids Mm -hmm. uh, age one to age 12, uh, four different classrooms. So it's multi-age like Montessori. Montessori. 
And then we have a co-working hub where, where, where I'm sitting today, uh, where families can work, but also can have events, can get together and really create that community locally. And then we have 20 homes that are family friendly and all within walking distance. So one of the key points that you're raising in the beginning is how people are changing their way of, li of living. And we believe that living in small cities, it's called a 15 minute city mm -hmm. where everything can be done by walking is actually increase your happiness mm -hmm. and increase your quality of life, your health. So we're creating those hubs. Uh, right now we have one in Portugal, in Sintra. We have one in Tuscany where I am today. And we have one in Greece in an island close to Mykonos, Santorini and Paros. And it's really... Um, replicating those hubs around the world. So families have this mobility and can spend, you know, three, three months here and three months there. That's amazing. And talking again about looking eight years ago, how it was so difficult to actually be able to, to, to move so easily from a country to another and having now a whole movement of countries who actually are facilitating that and creating special visas for this kind of lifestyle is just amazing. We also have, um, I think, Estonia that has created e-residency with, with the possibility to register your company there, even if you don't live there, because that's another story. Like, even if we're mobile, sometimes the business is not mobile, and it's important taxation-wise to also be able to handle that. So it's very fascinating to see the progress that has been made. And I can imagine now those who are listening who might not have the chance to live this lifestyle, but who want that kind of freedom for them and their family, and we're like, how can I make that happen? Like, especially in terms of work-wise, for those who might not have a job that allows them to live on the move and are considering, you know, starting a business that allows them to do that. What would you recommend or advise them to do to figure that out? Yeah, that's a great question. So today, I think the biggest challenge is the desire of working remotely is very high mm -hmm. or at least having the flexibility. So when you say like uh, working from anywhere, which is the name I prefer, mm -hmm. not working from home because you're not really, you don't really need to be at home. Yeah. So working from anywhere or having flexibility is like highly desirable for the employees. But for the employer, it used to be very desirable. And now a lot of companies are starting to cut on that. So what I seeing is many, many families are looking for alternative ways to make their income to not be dependent on an employer. And this mindset, and I think the millennials, the new generation, the mindset of having a career in the same company for 20 years is already already disappeared way before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So this, this, the reality is this new, new, new generation look at uh, employment as, as a main to an end, not like their whole life, mm -hmm. right? So what we see in our, in our community is many people start to adapt their work so we have for example i just talking to one of a nurse she was working in er in boston and she was you know she had to go to the hospital mm -hmm. like how she can treat a patient and actually work in the uh birth uh of, of like kids and you know icu and very serious cases and she had to be at the hospital and she felt she would have an impact there but then she tried boundless like living around the world for three months. And while she was here, she started looking and she found out there are many, many jobs for remote nurses. So there are remote communities that don't have, you know, medical talent there. 
and companies will recruit uh, experienced nurses to be on the phone, to have a you know, phone call and look at the record of patients and then recommend, you know, should you go to a hospital? Should you, you know, just take, go to a pharmacy and take this over-the-counter medication? So there are, like, there's so much possibility. And you think nurse is one that is, like, the one that you really have to be at a spot. But we have a few of people working in the medical field that are really traveling the world. They have, like, psychologists and nurses, speech therapists. And it's really fascinating to see how they're modifying their job. They're finding ways to, to, to work, you know, with their patients and have an impact without having to be at a location. So that was a great example. The other one that we saw emerging is micro-entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So we have a large number of micro-entrepreneurs that have done everything from having an e-commerce, you know, using Shopify, automating all of their product and delivery and building the store and selling some cool product that they really like to people doing Airbnbs like they own 30 Airbnbs and you think, oh, I have all these properties and I need to be at location. Mm-hmm. So one of our customers has Airbnbs in Florida and they've been living around the world for four years. How do they do that? They automate it. So they automated many of the processes, the checking, and then they have a local person. They have a storage unit that has they manage like a proper business. You use the inventory, you replace the inventory. So they automated all of that. And now they work, you know, four or five hours a week and manage all of their properties. And the other one, the content producers and content creators that are like partnering with brands and creating amazing content and being able to travel. And many, many brands are interested in this lifestyle and people that are actually living that way so they can also market their their product. So it's, it's quite interesting how diverse it is and how any any job really can create a solution or reinvent yourself to be able to actually live with more flexibility definitely and um it's just i loved all the examples you gave because that's one of the things we were talking about earlier is that one of the the objections sometimes that i hear about not being able to do this is like a, i have a job that is or a career or area of experience that it's not portable that i can't do from anywhere and uh nursing and medical sector is one of those fields where a lot of people tell me but that's not possible i can't to be a doctor, you have to be on location. But the idea is really being creative and how we can transfer our skill set in a way to make an impact and deliver a service that actually is valuable thanks to our experience. It's all about that creativity and figuring it out. Uh, I think that's important and great examples that you shared here. What about once we have the business, right? And we we seek for freedom. And the other objection I hear often is, oh, I'm, I'm started a business to have the freedom, but at the end of the day, to actually make money with that business, it requires a lot of work and dedication. And sometimes it's really overwhelming. So I'd love to know how do you, what what is your take on that? Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, to, if inter, being an entrepreneur was easy, then everyone would just do it mm. because- it's like amazing to be to have a nice title and say I have my own business and I do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you you're grinding most of the time and you're failing almost every day in in some different ways. Mm-hmm. And your job is to really figuring out and trying to to make it successful. 
So I, I, I think it's the the biggest learning I had after, you know, building, selling companies and really working different fields is about finding what you really love. Because if you're working on, on something that is not your passion, there'll be a lot of bad days that you're going to want to quit. But if you think more, and, and I did this exercise uh, during the pandemic, like thinking like, what is really the thing that I love and why I love it? And you have to really question it. Like, why is this something that you want to pursue? And, and having this conversation with cl people close to you, and if you pick the right problem to solve, the right industry that, you know, you can wake up every morning and feel that you're, you're working hard, but it's, it's rewarding. If you're working for the money or working for, you know, this new thing that everyone is working on, like, let's say, oh, everyone's building AI now, let's build an AI shop. And you're going to fail because, you know, there's so much competition and the one that is passionate about it will do better because naturally they're going to work harder. They're going to attract people that are also sharing the same passion and vision. So it's really finding this, you know, thing that you really enjoy uh, is the most important part, I think. And then obviously understand what your skill sets are, uh, where uh, you need help. And the great thing is creating small business today is, is, is quite easy. Mm -hmm. There's like, Shopify or yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of tools and things out there to help you, but like, uh, and there'll be skill set that you're not going to have and you may need to outsource, you know, some marketing, some like content creation or anything like that, that may be not your strength. And, but it's still hard. It is hard. I say most business fail. Mm -hmm. And also if you fail in one, it doesn't really mean that mm -hmm. like you shouldn't try again. Yeah. Like, uh, I think failing is where you learn the most yeah. and and where you grow the most. And if everything is easy and you have tons of money coming, then the learning is not there as much. Yeah, I love that. This is so much great nuggets here that you are sharing. And you talked about the importance of knowing, like loving what you do, right? And then also being able and accepting to fail. And I think that's one of the things that I see a lot of people when it doesn't work out, they get discouraged. And once they get discouraged, I feel like I'll never do it again because I'm just not good at this. Um, the reality is that being in, in a business is about as well being creating that resilience to deal with failure and grow from it and then get back on the horse and and try again, right? And that's something you've been doing many, many times. When I read your bio, I see a lot of successes. Uh, I can imagine behind that, there might have been also a lot of failures. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I wonder, because you seem to be very aligned in your life with your families and you actually build a business that is all about that, but how are you making sure that while you're working hard to develop your multiple businesses, how are you making sure to actually stay true to the initial purpose of boundless life, which is freedom, which is uh, time and connection and, and I guess, mindful, being mindful about how you spend your life? Yeah, that's actually a daily struggle because, <laughs> you know, you're always trying to like balance, like there's always going to be hundreds of problems for you to solve, right, in your business. And I think, you know, there are times that you have to grind and work many, many hours and have no balance for a while but if that's happening for a long time it's really gonna 
harm your health, your relationships, and a, and a bunch of other things in your life. So what I, what I realized is over time is if I try to do everything myself, it's like I'm going to be overwhelmed all the time. But if I have a great team and I realize that there's limits on how much effort and I can put and where I can have an impact. But if I can bring people that are as inspired and motivated and even more competent in something than I am, then they will do a much better job. So if you have a business that has a great mission and really inspires people and you can see that you're building things that are impacting family life, we are able to attract amazing talent across mm -hmm. the board from our educators to our local management team to our senior management. It's really amazing to see. And in my last business, most people were working for us because we paid a very high salary. Now people work for us because they share this mm. vision and mission. And that's allowed me to have a little bit more flexibility. Mm -hmm. And But it, uh, to be honest, it's, it's actually one of the, the most difficult things for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. is to have balance. Mm -hmm. Because if you're working from anywhere, then your, your computer is, can be turned on. There's no, there's no walls, like mm -hmm. an office. You can leave your computer and turn off. And like when I had my first job, I would leave my computer in the office. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you're done working and, and that's it. And the, the boundary is naturally created where when you're working remotely, that is, is up to you. Yeah. So, so you need to have, like I try to have calendar uh, points where like I'm fully blocked. No one can book meetings. But the other challenge I have as well is having team members in multiple time zones. Mm -hmm. So we have people from, you know, Jakarta, like Indonesian time zone, all the way to West Coast, United States. Yeah. So like we're covering pretty much like half or two thirds of all of the time zones. And if you have to, you know, let people book meetings, I'm going to have meetings at seven in the morning and then at midnight mm -hmm. every day. So I think you need to understand your limits and create your own boundaries because no one's going to create that for you. Yeah, it's such a good point. And, it, you know, when I when I listen to you and I also look at my own journey, I realize how important that passion is because I think that's what keeps us going. Um, but I feel like the success factor is a combination of grid, really wanting to make that impact we want to make through the business and at the same time intention being intentional about while being committed to the business to create some system, some routine that actually reminds us of why we're doing it, as well as making sure that we are mindful about how we're spending our energy and our time. Uh, I think that the, the combination between yeah. both is really important. I struggle to believe in the word balance, but as you said, I think there are times to push and there are times to pull, but there's also ways to kind of, create routines and systems to make sure to remind us of the intentionality of this. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the, the other key factor is someone told me, I, I think it was one, one of our advisors that creating your own business is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Exactly. And I see many people running as a sprint. And then after you know, a week, you're burned out. Yeah. Right. And the, the thing is you need to realize is many businesses the longer you can keep going, the more likely you are to succeed. Like most business fail within the first year. Mm -hmm. And then second year is last and third year is much less. And then you can start having like 
customers that come back to you, you know, banks start to be open to giving you loans, things start to get easier over time and your risks also reduce, but you, you need to be able to keep running it. So I think, you know, I have, I see many cases of, you know, founders or entrepreneurs that get burned out very quickly because they're just not sleeping and not having balance. So I think it's really up to you to understand and have the right intention, like you mentioned, to know, like, is that being positive to your body or not? Like saying that you're going to work nine to five and that's it. Maybe you'll be, unless you're extremely lucky Mm -hmm. and pick the right thing, then, you know, working very few hours and earning a lot of, a lot of money to pay for your lifestyle. Or what I think too is many entrepreneurs realize, you know what? Before hours, I make enough money, but I cannot live in New York. Mm-hmm. I, I have enough money to live in a lower cost place, let's say mm-hmm. Bali. Mm-hmm. So they move to Bali and they have they work for hours and make enough income for that country. So mm-hmm. geographic arbitrage is going to be one of the biggest things in the coming years and really going to level all the different economies. Because what we're seeing in many years, and, and for me being from a developing country, you realize the dream of every person living in the developing world was to move to a big, successful, stable country, right? But now, where jobs are anywhere, so many people are saying, well, I can have a job and earn income in a high-income, high high-paying country, and I spend that in another place that costs less. And then you get a lot more and some people are happy with that. Some people are not, but like it's really an opportunity that we're seeing and it can be even within the same country, like people moving from New York to the Midwest where a house costs, you know, 200,000 instead of 2 million. Mm. And, and we're seeing a lot of uh, lifestyle changes that allow people to create this life that not, does not require you to, put all your effort in one thing and just work, work, work and not have any balance. Definitely. And uh, to wrap up this amazing conversation, um, I just I just love your story, how it's such an illustration of how our times have changed in general in the past years, but since the pandemic, how many resources and solutions there are to actually make a decision. I see more and more families making huge decision saying, listen, this is not how we want to live and take the courage to change their whole lives. And today we have much more possibilities than before to actually make those big decisions and say, this is not how we want to live. And we actually can change how we live. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I think today there's so so many tools out there for, for people to realize that if they moved uh, to different cities, different locations, different countries, uh, how how different their life can be. And that goes from anything from cost of living to the weather to taxes. So it's really out there. There's a very large community of people that help families make that change. Mm-hmm. And that could be like from, I mentored for many years at this accelerator called Founder Institute. And they we help people that work in corporate world to become entrepreneurs. So it was amazing. There are companies that were created there that were worth $1 billion today. And it, it's really fascinating to see. And I think now that which was just designed for creating startups can be actually expanded 
to any any other field and i think i wouldn't be um like disappointed or afraid of looking at it and say well i have this you know office job or i have to be on site and it'll never work for me i i seen like firsthand working for people from all different job backgrounds and languages and country and really focusing on what they love and really looking for you know a more flexible more balanced life and more fulfilling life which is really what we are tackling with boundless this is wonderful what is the best place to find you at mauro and get to know more about boundless life yeah our website is boundless.life and we have uh, instagram uh, boundless life twitter and you can find me on on linkedin or twitter as well mauro repache That's amazing. So Nomad Nation, I will be putting all the information on the show notes of this episode as well on tandemnomads.com slash 298. Mauro, I had such a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your great inspiration and great story with us and very interesting insights. Has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Amel. My pleasure. So Nomad Nation, I hope you enjoyed it as well and we can't wait to see you. Pay close attention in the next coming episodes because I got some big news for you. As I said, a lot of things are evolving in our industry, in our market, and therefore a lot of things will be evolving in Tandem Nomads world as well. So stay tuned for the next episode with some, be sharing with you some big news. And in the meantime, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.